Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Um, I love the testimonies. Um, we've got a whole, what, whole page full of testimonies. Continue just to send in your testimonies to our church email or social media inboxes or even after the service. Just let us know because God's doing a bunch of amazing things. Um, and yeah, more than what we're sharing, he's doing a lot of things. And it's just the start. And I actually, the word I'm using is the new normal. I just think it's a new normal for our church. Um, I'm going to share a testimony for us, which is a weird testimony. But I'll get that photo up um, of, uh, yeah, there you go. So that's my wife holding a wallet. And this wallet um, was a wallet that I misplaced in December last year at our staff breakup day. And this wallet meant a lot to me. It was a handmade wallet. It is a handmade wallet made by an artisan um, leather maker in Switzerland who has stopped making them, but he hand makes every one. And it was a gift that I, I received. And I, I'm not a wallet person, but I love this wallet. And so when I lost it, I was devastated. You know when you lose something that you're like, oh, it actually... And, and I would go for prayer walks about my wallet. <laughs> I literally, I would go... go and, and my prayer was, Father, I just... I was hoping that someone would get my license out of my wallet and, and send it back to my house. I'm like, God, just do a miracle. They can take any money in there. I don't care. Like, just, I just really would really love to get my wallet back. Anyway, fast forward 10 weeks, and we're in the office last Sunday, pre-service. Charlie and I were seeing a couple before the service, and we had our nappy bag there, which is for our son, all his stuff goes in that bag. And this is a bag that Charlie has searched through three different times. And she doesn't search like I search. She actually really searches. And she went, oh, what's this? And she held up this wallet, which was my wallet. And, and, I, and for me, I was just like, oh, I'm so happy. This is so good. And you've got to understand, like, I didn't cancel my credit cards for 10 weeks, by faith, little eyes like people, people said to me, you've got to cancel your cards, you've got to call the... I'm believing for my wallet to come back. And it took 10 weeks, and then randomly, it's in the bag that Charlie had looked through a number of times, to the point where I was asking, did anyone sneak it in there? Like, my doubt was definitely there, but I was just... But then we just realised, maybe it's just a creative miracle. Like, anyone else had a creative miracle happen before? And you're like, that is just... Like, for example, in the Bible, it's when they had to pay tax and they caught a fish and there was the tax in the fish's mouth. Like, I don't think there's many fish that eat coins. I don't think there's many that are known for that, if any. And so God loves doing creative miracles. Anyone want a creative miracle this morning? All right, let me pray for you. All right, Father, we just... Out of the testimony of my life, I just declare that you are able to do creative miracles. And for anybody in this place or online right now who need a miracle, we just declare your creative um, miracles that go beyond the natural. 
go beyond what we can produce, Lord. We just declare it and we just receive that this morning by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Joey. How great's Joey? What a blessing. Such a blessing to our church. So the Father's doing something really special in our church and it's great you're with us this morning and I just, I just felt though this morning to just pray a prayer of faith together um, around, um, I'm going to be speaking after Easter, a series around favour, around the thought of breaking ceilings over our lives. Because if you've ever grown a plant inside, once the plant hits the roof, often it will stop the growth of that plant. And in our life, there's different things that will actually cause us to stop growing and become ceilings in our life. Things like unforgiveness, hurt, doubt, disappointment, different things the enemy will use to stop us from going forward. And I believe the Father wants to break ceilings <laughs> through his favour. But I, I was just in worship today and I just felt, I felt like it's, we need to, we need to declare and to ask in faith that the Father would break the ceiling of people coming in. Because what God's doing isn't just for our house. It's for the city and the state and the nation. And I believe there's power and agreement. And I just sensed this morning that the Father was saying, it's time for us to declare a breaking of the ceiling of growth and of people coming in and our church is growing by the way if you look at us like God's doing something but it's bigger than that <laughs> and it's not for any uh anyone's ego it's not for any it's it's the fact that there is a river here and there is a well that goes very deep that is actually for those who are out there as much as it is for us as a church and I'm talking unsaved, I'm talking saved, I'm talking different groups of people. And the Father's saying it's time for us to call them in and call in the revivalists, those who know the revivalists and those who don't yet know. So why don't we stand to our feet and let's just take a moment just to, just to declare um, what God is speaking over our house and to step into it by faith. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, Father, we just stand together. We stand one in spirit. We stand one in heart. And Lord, we just declare a breaking of the ceilings in the spiritual realm over growth, over people coming, over the, the reality of your heaven touching earth, touching the overall city and New South Wales and Australia. We declare a breaking of the ceiling over our house. We declare that people would find home, they would find family, they would find healing, they would travel to come and sit in this house. And Lord, we just give you this and we say, Lord, have your way. Holy Spirit, have your way. And send in, we call in the revivalists, those who know it and those who don't yet know it. Lord, send in the hungry, send in the parched, send in the thirsty. Holy Spirit, we look to you, not by might or power, but we declare by your Spirit in Jesus' name. And everyone said?
Amen. Awesome. You can be seated. Never underestimate the power of hearing the prompting of the Lord and then speaking it because that's where his grace zone is. His blessing is in the leading. If you're a man here, come out tonight. We're going to have a great Holy Spirit power night and um, don't miss it. If you're a wife here, make sure you kick out your husband for tonight. Send him along to Band of Brothers. Uh, He can have a night off Australian Idol or whatever he watches on Sunday night. Just to recap the series of favour, a year of the Father's favour. Pastor Joel spoke a few weeks ago about being familiar with favour. And last Sunday, Pastor Charlie spoke around the kindness of the Father when it comes to favour. And last Sunday was a powerful Sunday. Like We had um, people inboxing us and texting us saying, um, we have never been in a service like last Sunday. And God is just doing something really amazing. And we are just, I feel it's, it's really light in, like as senior pastors, it's really light in our hands. It's not heavy. It's just like, Holy Spirit, come and do what you want to do. It's just really beautiful and we just honour him. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would just come and just be the centre of this church and that you would bring your healing touch and bring your, your beautiful restorative power and kindness through this house. And so the Lord's doing something really amazing. And last Sunday, um, I don't know if you noticed it, but um, at one, we were doing ministry and I was calling out people in the crowd. I was like, you guys come down the front and you guys come help us pray and you over here. And I just had this picture of all these different wells flowing in our church. And the wells were you. I could see that there were wells, because when you have to stand with someone to pray for them, if you have any type of doubt, you have to get over it pretty quickly. Because, you know, Lord, I pray blessing, you have to allow that to flow. And I just saw this beautiful moment where it's just all these different streams just breaking out in our church and the power of this is this is that and I use this example it's a weird example but no it's not weird actually it's reality that we're going to have people traveling so say a family drives eight hours from Victoria just to be in our service which is going to happen because that's where the grace is that's what God's calling us in the power of what God's doing is they might sit next to you and then you might sit there going, oh, I feel like they might have a bit of a word for this person. I feel like there's a bit of a prompting in my spirit. And you're not going to wait for me. You're not going to wait for the service even to start. They can be having a heaven moment because you, the wells, the rivers, uh, have become unblocked and the spirit of God is flowing even before the service officially begins. How beautiful is that? That's what God actually wants for this house. This is a church where the power of God works through the people, the body of Christ. My job is to help equip you for the work of the ministry. And so to release our church in that and to see the Holy Spirit moving is such a beautiful thing. And we're actually talking right now about the year, we want to actually do a series of unblocking spiritual gifts later in the year. So we want to get us all on a journey of what is the spiritual gifts that you carry 
and how can you flow in that when it comes to the kingdom of God? Does that sound good? Yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. So that's, that's coming up later in the year. So we're going to be looking at that together. But if you have your Bibles, why don't you turn to Psalm 90, verse 17. Psalm 90, verse 17. Today's message is called Favour. Well, it's actually called What's Your Favour? Tell me what's your favour. We're going to do it again. What's your favour? Tell me what's your favour. Yeah. Now, anyone over 40 might not know what that is. That's a song that was back in the day. Troy's got a big smile on his face. He knows the song. The original was, what's your flavour? Tell me what's your flavour. And we're doing that as, what's your favour? Tell me what's your favour. Oh, I get it now. Just as a side note, um, starting today, we are going to be doing connect group studies across our connect groups together around Sunday's messages. So when you do connect, say to the connect leader, we're ready for our study. And if you're a connect leader, come and get your study off the office. Um, the good studies, they're going to help us be unified. We want to be unified in where we're going together in Jesus' name. And also, it's good to be on a journey together. Growing up, um, or when you were younger, or maybe as an adult, we have favourites. We have favourites when it comes to things like music. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just mention a couple of, maybe for the older generation here, maybe, maybe some of these were your favourites, but were there any Jackson 5 fans in the house? Yeah. Any Beatles fans in the house? Yeah, yeah. The Monkees? Yeah. Any Beach Boys fans in the house? Oh, down here, yeah. What about any boys to men fans? Oh, yeah, China, Cynthia, yeah. Boys to men. Great harmonies. For the millennial, millennials here, any Backstreet Boys fans in the house? Okay, 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 okay. Any NSYNC fans? Who was better, NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Yeah, right, there, yeah, passion, that's right. Someone said five, is, is that a band? Yeah. I know high five. What about Hanson? Umba, that's right. Here's a funny story, when I was at school and Hanson came out, I saw their film clip. And I thought that the lead singer was a girl. <laughs> and I went to school and argued with my friends about how, have you heard about Hanson, that lead singer is a girl? And they were adamant it was a boy. It turned out to be a boy. <laughs> but I was so sure it was a girl. <laughs> There's some Australian boy bands, Human Nature, any Human Nature fans? 
in excess. Oh, wow. Savage Garden. <laughs> and then we have the now generation, One Direction. What about, what about BTS? Yeah. BTS is a Korean boy brand, if you didn't know. Very, very popular, especially in Korea. Southern Korea. South Korea. So the thing is about those bands is that you have the band, but then you probably had your favourite in the band. In One Direction, Harry might be your favourite. In the Beach Boys, Kathy and Alan, was there a favourite that you liked out of all the Beach Boys? They're all the same pretty much, aren't they? Jackson 5, come on, Michael was definitely the favourite. Not Tremaine, although, Michael. Who was your favourite Beatle? And did anybody think Ringo was the best? <laughs> a boy band is made up of individual characters that add something specific to the band. But together, they become who they are. And in the kingdom, we are described as living stones. And this speaks of our uniqueness and the master's ability to build us together around our individual testimonies, revelations, and gifts. Not to call you a church-wide boy band or girl band, but kind of. This house is full of different gifts, different testimonies, different aspects of God's favour. If we were to take the time and get every person up here to share their story, no doubt you would be blessed and you would be amazed at what God has done in and through people's lives. Today the question is this, the Father gives us favour, what is your favour? As a living stone, what is it that you bring when it comes to his favour? Remember, favour is this by definition. Favour is God's demonstrated kindness to his people, through his unmerited grace, blessing, promotion, and presence. If we can get that up on the screen, that'd be great. Just the definition. I'm going to read it again for us. Should be the next slide, potentially. Nope. All right, I'm going to read it to you again. Favor is God's demonstrated kindness. Why don't you say kindness? to his people through unmerited, which is undeserved, grace, blessing, promotion, and presence. We have to understand this morning that the Holy Spirit is on us, or sorry, is in us for us, but is on us for others. The Holy Spirit is in me to help me grow, but he rests upon me for other people. This morning, if you are a Christian and you've walked with God and you've received the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so beautiful, he's so kind, he is 
unfortunately often very ignored in our life, but he is the one who brings revelation, he's the one that brings comfort, he's the one that brings conviction, he's the one that brings um, remembrance, he's the one that creates this sense of closeness to the Father. And Jesus himself said, it is best that I go so that one greater may come. This morning, we have to be so aware of the Holy Spirit and we must be a community who is so in touch and sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We spend so much of our effort trying to uh, encourage people in our own strength or convict people of their wrongdoing or, or trying to get people to step forward and often, but without the Holy Spirit, it is just clanging symbols. We have to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. This morning I walked in, and again, we're just going to open the room up. If you want to come before the service and just enjoy his presence and pray and sit, we'll have some worship playing. But I walked in, and I just straight away just sensed the presence of God. And then miracles already started breaking out. Over here, Chai and I are in tears. God's touching our heart because we are in a place where we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And it's hard to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit when you have so much noise around you. It's really difficult if your world is full of a lot of chaos or a lot of challenge, a lot of drama, maybe at work, maybe at home, maybe social media, maybe Netflix or whatever it might be, we have to make sure that we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leading. So for me, my practice or one of my practices are, is I like to go for walks with the Holy Spirit. So when Charlie's going, if I'm working from home or if I have a day at home, I will get Charlie to drop me off on the way to her job so that I have to walk home. I have no choice. I have to, if I'm going to get home, I have to walk, and I've got to do it. And we, I do that a few times a week, and I'm like, drop me off. Make sure you have an extra three minutes in your schedule so that you can drop off your husband. On the side of the highway, drop me off. Maybe not the highway. And what happens is I, I, I feel my spirit connecting and becoming more sensitive to him. Are we, um, are we no slides today? Are we good for slides? Are we good? Cool. Is that definition there? Thanks, Chloe. So throughout this year, we're going to go on a journey of learning his unmerited favour in our life through grace, blessing and promotion and presence. The Father is so kind. He is a good Father. He is so, so for us. And the Bible says that the, the world longs for the sons of God to be revealed. In other words, the world longs for fathership longs for somebody who can be a good dad for spiritual kids. I love what the Father's doing in our church. All this year, it's a different gear, different, you can sense it, different level, different testimony, different, it's like there is an open heaven that's been pulled back, or sorry, been opened up over this house. But we must be sensitive to it. And I encourage you in your heart, Be so sensitive to the leading of the Spirit. 
Because when you're sensitive to his leading, that is where you find heaven touching earth. So the Holy Spirit is within us for us, but he is on us like tongues of fire for others. What we receive from the Holy Spirit determines what we can impart to others. We receive favor with one hand and pass it on with another. Freely you have received, freely give. Narelle spread the offering a couple of weeks ago, almost last week, and she, she, she made a statement and it really stuck out to me. She said, she said, she goes, in my story, she said, we had a mir- we've had miracles with fertility and we've had miracles with feeling lonely but finding a partner. Speaking about her, fertility is speaking about, she's, she's married to a great man. And she said, if you need breakthrough in those areas, come and see me and I'll pray it over you. Freely you have received, freely give. What the Holy Spirit imparts to you, you are then empowered to pass that on. We must remember that God delights in pouring his favour on obedient risk takers. God delights in pouring out his favour on obedient risk takers. So this morning, let's look at a couple of things, a couple of ways that the Father's favour is given to us in order to pass it on to others. Again, have this in your thinking, that that family that drove eight hours to be here, just to sit in this house, God has empowered you to be the minister of the river and to give a fresh cup of water, living water. You imagine a community of people, hundreds of people, who are thought like that. Who were led by the Spirit and were accurate rivers of healing, restoration, heaven-touching earth and breakthrough. Now you imagine if you're in this place, because there's people right now in this house, and you're feeling parched, you're feeling like you need a breakthrough, And let me encourage you this morning, the Holy Spirit knows that. And if the people of God who are listening this morning say, yes, Holy Spirit, lead me and give me uh, confidence to reach out and to minister, you will be blown away by how much revival starts to break out in this house. Because revival isn't determined by the preacher, instead it's determined by the courtyard. How cool is that? It's the conversation in the car park. I heard a testimony this week, and, and I've heard it before, um, previously, but it, it, it left my mind, and, and, and my wife was telling me about how a, there's a beautiful couple in our church, and, and the reason why they joined the church was because on the first Sunday they were here, the husband looked out the window here, and he could see cars lined up of people trying to, they lined up down onto Bellevue Street. And people were walking along the grass, getting to the building, and then getting slain in the spirit, falling over under the power of God, 
just due to the glory of God on the house. And this couple went, this is our church. We can see it. We can see what God's doing. Can you imagine people walking on the grass? There's not enough car parks. They're walking on the grass and they're getting healed. <laughs> their hearts are being restored. Even their marriages are receiving healing. Love is flowing for each other the way it hasn't for many years. All because heaven, God's presence, is here because we as a people said, on earth, Father, as it is in heaven. Use us. We say yes to you. We will be hungry. This church is a place that is a well of healing. (laughs) But we have to remember, guys and girls, we have to remember this. The people saw the promised land. They spent 40 years walking through a wilderness, putting up with sand flies, got to the promised land, green, milk and honey, beauty, grapes. Two men had to carry a bunch of grapes that was so heavy. Imagine that at Woolworths. Very expensive at the moment. Inflation, yes, very very expensive. All the free grapes you want. But even after everything God did, only two of them could see that they could take the land. Eight said no. Eight said we can't. The giants are too big. Two said we are led by the Holy Spirit. We are led sensitively by the Spirit of God. We will say yes in Him and we will do what we have to do in obedience. So, if you've been in church for any numbers of years, how many years has there been prophetic words over the great Southland of the Holy Spirit? Decades and decades, and God keeps speaking it. I feel like we're stepping into that season now. But may we be the ten spies who all say yes. (laughs) Because I pray that we don't miss it because we are too caught up with the what ifs. It doesn't happen. What if it's too scary? What if it, co- it costs me my comfort? What if I don't understand it all? What if it's, and we, and we disqualify ourselves because all we needed to say was yes. But instead we said yes, but. Yes, but God, what if I get hurt in church again? Yes, God, but what if it doesn't work out the way I thought? Yes, God, but what if this is just a a, a quick thing and it's not going to be around for... What if the person doesn't receive the ministry I want to pass? What if the word I give, they say, that's not accurate? What if the healing doesn't take place? What if someone ridicules me and says, you are bad for stepping out? You're a dreamer, but not in a good way. What if? And I say, who cares about the what if? Let's be led by the Spirit of God. Let's be a church that brings people healing. I have been in... Uh, I, I'm, I'm, okay, here we go. You've got to just bear with me because the, the prophetic is breaking out around me and Charlie all the time. Like, I'll be talking to you and I'll be getting prophetic stuff half the time. I might not share it with you, but it's happening. So when I'm preaching and the anointing is here, just, just, just ride with me. But more than that, you get prophetic words for you. 
and for others, for those around you, be saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to... Oh, by the way, I started writing a prophetic course for us. We're going to do something around the prophetic later in the year where it's going to be an activation night or a couple of nights or something where we're just... Yeah, good things, great things. All right, Revelation chapter 19, verse 10. Let me read this to you. 10b, the second half of verse 10, says, For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Okay, how I read that is this. When we share the testimony of Jesus in our life, we prophesy the possibilities of what Jesus can do in your life. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy because when we share testimony, so first bit of favor that we all carry is this, your testimony is favor. We must become uh, intentional and disciplined when it comes to sharing our testimony well. Salvation testimony, but also week-to-week testimony because when you do it, a person who is sitting there listening might be saying, God, I need that breakthrough for me. And the favour that you have received for you then becomes a favour you pass on to somebody else. (laughs) Psalm 145 verse 4, if you want to turn there with me, Psalm 145 verse 4 says this. I love this verse. It says, generation after generation stand in awe of your works. One tells stories of your mighty acts. I've got a, a nearly a three-year-old and I long for people to share their testimony around him because I want him to hear what normal is. And he's a pastor's kid, so he needs more prayer and more help because he sees the good, bad and ugly in church. And so we have to make sure that around the next generation... We are people who are intentionally great at testifying unto what God is doing and so declaring his mighty works from one generation to another. Can I hear an amen? So your testimony, and if you're over 50 here, understand that you need to be confident to share your testimonies. Don't wait for me. Don't wait for someone to ask you. Look for moments, especially when speaking to younger people, to share what God has done in your life. If you're middle here, families, 30 to 50, look for moments to share your testimonies because you've got a whole bunch of young adults who are looking for examples. And if you're a young adult, do it for our youth, and if you're a youth, do it for my kid. I realised a couple of weeks ago that this year I will have been in ministry, this is going to surprise some of you, in pastoral ministry for 20 years. So when I was 19, I became youth pastor and then I became exec pastor and then I became senior pastor. I turned 39 this year. I know. 
20 years is a long time to give to anything. <laughs> yeah. And I found myself getting quite sentimental about it. I was at home and I said to Charlotte, I'm feeling a bit sentimental. I'm a bit, a bit reflective today. I've realised 20 years, not just of it bleeding, I mean, that's pastor, like youth part, like full giving your life. To his glory, by the way, 100%, all to him. And I was like, you know what, 20 years is a long time to give to anything in life. But I'm thankful that I have given that to the Lord. And in that 20 years, can I tell you, I've seen some things. (laughs) I have an observant personality. I like sitting in coffee shops and watching random people walk by. Not in a creepy way. <laughs> in an intriguing way. I like the show Australian Story. Anyone like know that show? Anyone under 30 like that show? I like it. It's just telling you stories about Aussies. I find it very intriguing. You are intriguing to me. I like the weirdness of people. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. And in church, over the years, I've watched many different testimonies take place. I remember when I was very young, would have been seven, eight, nine years old, our kids leader who was a great woman. She's a great woman of God. And God has always had his hand on my life. I am so thankful for the Father's hand on my life. And we would just love encountering God as kids. It was strange. We would do things like in school holidays, take tents, go up to a church in Sydney called Mount Annan, which is seeing a move of God. And this is what we've done as kids. This is fun for us. We would camp out like you would camp here with tents, just so that we could get good seats in the revival meetings. This wasn't a kids' conference. These were the adults. And we would line up and we would run in and take all the front row and say, take that, old people. And when you're eight, everyone's old. And we and we done this for a few years, and we just saw God move. And I remember the the the, the pastors, leaders, they would say, "Kids, let's get all these kids hungry for God, because God would just touch our hearts." And He would get us up, and He would say, "All right, if you're hungry, church, come down, and these eight-year-olds are going to pray over you." And the Holy Spirit would move, and people would get heaven touching earth, slain in the spirit, people healed, people break through. And we're just these little eight, nine-year-olds going, this is awesome. <laughs> and we'll go back to our tents in the heat of the summer, put up with the heat and come back for the next meeting and do it all over again. I remember when I was a teenager, my dad, who's a great hero to me, would say to me, Benai, do you want to go to this revival meeting? There's one up in Sydney on Wednesday night. And I'd be a 13, 14 year old. And I'd go, sounds good to me. And we would travel for hours to go sit in a meeting. And I'd be sitting right in the middle. 
And more often than not, the Holy Spirit, I'd be weeping through the meeting. I would just be weeping as the Holy Spirit would touch my heart. 13, 14, you didn't need to ask me about my quiet time. I just loved the Lord. And the Lord would meet me. And then often the preacher would say, hey, you. Because he could see God doing something and he would prophesy. He'd call me down the front and I would just, I remember I got to a place where I would pack my pockets full of tissues. Driving, you know, before we left home. Not because I wanted to weep, but because I knew God was going to do something. And my personality is introvert by nature. And so I didn't want to be the center of attention. But the Holy Spirit would point me out and he would sow and he would pour out and he would bless and he would touch. And so church, we need to remember something. And it happened last night driving into the, to the service. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Benaiah, don't forget the depths of the wells in you. Don't forget the depths of the wells in and, I, and it's an encouragement for me. And I wasn't even preaching last Sunday. But then God done something. And it was like, we have to understand that our testimony is favor that God gives us so that we can then pass it on. And what God is doing in our church right now, it's, it's again, this, um, Holy Spirit help. We were in New Zealand three years ago on our baby moon. And a baby moon is when you go away with the hope that you'll conceive. Not to be too graphic, but that's what a baby moon is. So we went to New Zealand and we went for a drive around the South Island. And my wife is amazing because what she does is she just draws the river out of me, often against my will. Because often I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> so we're driving along, we're talking about, and I'm reminiscing about the, mo- the moves of God throughout my life that I've seen and encountered. And then I just start to weep as I drive because I'm going, I, I sense this revival edge in my spirit. And I'm like, I, I don't see it in our, in our surroundings, but I sense it in my spirit. And when you touch on that grace in you, it just naturally flows from you, and that's where the fruit of the Spirit starts to flow through you. And the Holy Spirit, even three years ago, was stirring yeah. as we were driving. I was on there trying to got my hat down low and trying to wipe my tears driving along in this car because the Holy Spirit is ministering again. He's ministering again. And so you hear me speak with such passion about this because if the Lord can touch my heart, he can do anything in anyone's heart. And if the Lord can heal me, I've, I've, in 20 years, I tell you, I've, been, I've seen moves of God, I've seen church growth, I've seen church splits, I've seen heroes of the faith fall, I've seen people rise, I've seen more than what most have seen, I've seen it. But what I do know is that God's kindness remains through every season. And when we talk about what the Father's doing in our church today, it's not just a passing thought. Because church, and we can agree on this, I long for my little son Bear to be in worship with tears down his face because God... I don't care about the music. I don't care about the talent. I just want my son to have what I had. 
and I want your kids to experience what I experienced and I want your families to come in and receive healing beyond the preacher, beyond the th- understanding the words, beyond, but they would walk into a room and they just they have their pockets full <laughs> because of what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And the great thing about what God is doing today in our house is this, in church is this, is that he's saying, now is the time. It's time for us to lay a hold. So make sure every Sunday you come along, spending time with the Father, meet him on the mountain. And so the overflow of our Sunday's expression is the overflow of our week. I don't know if you like this, but I remember uh, seasons where I wouldn't spend time with God through the week much and then get to Sunday, and Sunday's about repentance. God, I'm sorry, I haven't spent time. I haven't read my Bible much this week. I haven't, I haven't spent, please forgive me, but I love you, but I, I've just been really distracted. And, and, and the expression becomes about that, and therefore there's no room for overflow. So here's the thing. When we go home today, and like I said to you a few weeks ago, when you're watering the garden, just say, Father, more. Yeah. More, Lord. Yeah. Throughout your work day, and you're in the office, God, more. Father, more. Yeah. You're at school teaching, just take a moment. Father, more of your presence, yeah. come. Have me be led, Lord. Have me. And, 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 and these little moments of intimacy become this little tap, drop, 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 becomes a, a mighty river. And so on Sunday, we come together and there is a corporate anointing. Why is it important that we're in church together? Because where two or more agree or gather, there he is. Therefore, it's important that we meet together. And what happens is it isn't an addition. It is actually a multiplication of the anointing. Are you getting that? Especially prophetic people in this room get this. When we meet together in agreement, it's not an addition. We multiply the grace on the house <laughs> so instead of it's me and you worshiping father it's me joining with my brothers and sisters and his presence becomes multiplied because we are unified can i hear an amen and the more the merrier why is it important you bring people in this new season of grace and there's a new grace to bring remember that re-ask people bring them say them seats why? Because there is a multiplication of the anointing of God when two or more are gathered. So when you have Christian friends who don't go to a church anymore, invite them back. Why? Because there is a blessing of multiplication when the anointing of God is poured out. How awesome. And so the worship in this house, the worship in this church, I encourage you, will get more and more powerful. Because we're going to start to be intentional about coming with our overflow. This is prophetic. Now you imagine coming to church, and this is what we should do if you're a believer here, coming to church together, to the temple, to the place of worship, the, the house of God collectively, and you're coming with an offering. Which is what they did in the Old Testament. They didn't turn up just because they turned up. The people of God turned up with a prepared sacrifice of worship so when we came today as a church together imagine if we came together with the heart of i have prepared my living sacrifice i have been intentional i have spent time with the father 
And today I am coming to, with you with everybody else and I am laying myself down as living sacrifices. We lay ourselves down as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing, and we give that to him. And the Father, with what? With fire, consumes the sacrifice. That's in the Bible. How is the fire of God going to touch our church when we are true living sacrifices? Because God consumes sacrifice. Whew. But often, we don't give God the whole sacrifice, we give him the leg off the sacrifice. I'll give you a drumstick, God. Here you go. Have the, have the leg. And God says, no, no, I just want complete surrender. Great faith doesn't require great effort, it requires great surrender. Second thought, I know we've got to finish, but your revelation is the favour of God. Your revelations is God's favour. Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8, as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of God has come near. Why don't you say come near? Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received. What? Freely give. <laughs> when you get your revelation, it's for your heart, but it's also for you to receive with one hand and to pass on with another. Be confident in letting the river flow through you. A third thing today that we can look at is the favour of the giftings of God in our life. Ephesians 4 verse 7, I'm just going to read through this because I'm running out of time. It says, But to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is to the church of Ephesus. To each of us grace has been given as Christ has apportioned it. Okay, here we go. The Greek term charisma, which is used here, spiritual gift and the root word from which it is derived is charis or charis which means grace and favor so for each of you according to the favor you have received be as Christ be as Christ has apportioned it are you getting this this morning can I hear an amen I know it's warm but this is good so therefore God has gifted you with his favour and his gifting, which is his favour and grace, in order, let's look at 1 Peter 4.10, each of you should, give, should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Each of you should use whatever gift or favour you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Romans chapter 12, verse, four, uh, verse 6 and 8 says, we have different gifts according to his grace, favour, given to each of us. If your gift, grace, favour, is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then, to, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. And if it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Woo! Yeah? What's your flavor? Favor? 
Tell me what's your favor. Our last one is this. Forgiveness is something we receive, therefore we need to pass it on. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. When we give what has been given, get this, the river flows. And when the river of God flows, fruits of the Spirit flow. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control fill our lives when we tap into the rivers of living water in our life when we give what has been given to us. We must become masters at drawing from the rivers of God within us to give others a refreshing drink. This is the Father's heart. We must become masters at drawing from the rivers of God within us to give to others a refreshing drink. People are parched. They're thirsty. They're desperate. They often don't realise it. And it's up to us as spiritual men and women of God to be great at drawing out in us the rivers of God so that others may receive. I'm so excited about what God's doing. Next Sunday, for me, can't come soon enough. And I want to encourage you this morning that the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit wants to unblock the wells and the river in us and in you where there is pain, where there is hurt, where there is disappointment, where there is discouragement, where there is lack. The Father wants to say this morning, there is a mighty river within you. There is a mighty river of God that is flowing from his throne room. Why don't you close your eyes with me? I'm going to do two things before we close. The first thing is this. We want to give people an opportunity to give their heart to Christ or to come back to Christ with their heart. Because we can talk about the Father's favour, but the greatest favour we can receive is, the fa- is, is, is his goodness unmerited grace, unmerited favour when it comes to salvation. So as everyone has their eyes closed, if you're in this place and you know that your heart is not completely given to Christ or you've never given your heart to Christ or maybe you did and you know your heart is far from Christ, I'm going to give you a chance just to raise your hand and say, I want to give my heart to Christ or I want to recommit my heart to Christ. Awesome over here. Awesome guys. Over here, awesome, at the back there. Anybody else? You just want to say, yeah, that's me. Awesome, I see your hand there in the middle, at the back there. Awesome, there's hands all over the place. All right, what we're going to do, I'm just going to lead you in a prayer. And I'm going to ask everyone in the place to join. And we're just going to pray a prayer of 
commitment and recommitment to Jesus Christ, to be our Lord and our Saviour. His love and his kindness is here to forgive us of our sin and to accept us with open arms. So why don't we pray this prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sin. And this morning, I ask that you would forgive me of my sin. I receive your forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I declare that I believe in you. You are my Lord. You are my Savior. Be my number one and help me to follow you. And Holy Spirit, fill my heart and help me. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you put your hand up then, I just want to encourage you to make sure you speak to someone this morning. Come down the front. We want to help you in your walk with God. We can even pray with you again. But make sure you read the scripture. Make sure you connect in with others. We have courses you can do here in church to help you grow in your walk with God. Actually, Libby's at the back. Libby, give us a wave. Give us a big wave. She helps oversee our new, new Christian team. Go and speak to her as well. In Jesus' name. Charlie, would you come up here for a sec? <laughs> All right. This is what I sense we're going to do. This is cool, but it's going to take some vulnerability. Who here feels like one of your testimonies that you've received is that you've had the testimony of healing in your life. Put your hand up, if you would. You've received healing before. Yep. Awesome. Would you, would you guys stand up? The guys, if you've received healing before in your life, stand up. Freely you have received, freely give. All right. Now, who here needs healing? All right, how are we going to do this? If you need healing, would you stand to your feet and put your hand in the air? If you need healing today. And the thing is about healing is that you don't need to be pushed with that because if you're sick, you know you, you get desperate. Stand and put your hand up high. Now, the people who have received healing, I want you to go to those with their hands raised and I want you to impart a healing touch of heaven from your favor into that person. Does that make sense? So if you need healing, put your hand up high. And if you've received healing, would you go and stand with that person around you who needs a fresh touch of healing? And we are going to apply, freely you have received, freely give. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And why don't we all just stand to our feet? Let's all just... Thank you, Lord. And just declare, just Holy Spirit, we declare, freely we have received and we freely give the power of a healing touch 
of heaven right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.